Welcome to Bloods and Bros, the best podcast in the United States. How you doing? <laughs> this is me, Bro Jam 2, and this is Bro Jam 7. Due to scheduling conflicts and Sam's poor decision making, I was going to be alone for this podcast. So I instead have found a replacement for both Sam and Simon in Jack. Hello. Jack, would you introduce yourself? I am Jack. I have known Grant since about when he was in 8th grade. So I have known Jack for the past 9 years. So it's ever since I was 11 and joined the Boy Scouts. I was in 8th grade, never mind. You were in 8th grade, but it's still the past 9 years we've known each other. And you've known Sam for it's going on 4 now? He's been doing the board uh, game day since senior year. Oh, no, no. I've known, I've known since um, uh, a bit before, actually. I think it was like your junior year. No, my junior year, so I've been here. When I was to hang out with them was when I had first met Sam. Jack being two years older than us makes any talk of time really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and then you have met Simon before. That's that's a true statement. I met Simon back in high school. I haven't seen him since then. No, I only knew him for like a two years. That was about it. Yeah, he was only at our high school for two years. And board game day, I think he was at a couple of those. No. Mm. Is there a chance he might have been at one with you? So, did you know Simon outside of the anime club, or was it just through the anime club? Uh, it's through you guys. Just through hanging out at lunch. We just hang out under the tree, that one raised area. Yeah, so we've all known each other since high school. And then I've known Jack a bit before that uh, via the scouts. Uh, this I is supposed to be Aquafina water. Some Aquafina water. That's how I was drinking a second ago. Uh, I think yeah, the taste not that. That's... includes... I think it's the... Well, how much salt? I'm... Uh... There should be no salt. There should be no salt in bottled water. Well, you just add salt in there after flavor. This is no salt at all. Yeah, like it's in no a, salt. Yeah. You're thinking of sparkling water. Sparkling water adds salt. That's not some rare waters do, but I digress. That's not important. Bottled water shouldn't have salt in it. Yeah. For overdose. Because if you, don't have, if you have too much water, you can overdose on that, so the salt prevents overdose. That's the explanation you, I heard. You know, I'm not sure you know that salt is. makes you thirstier, right? <laughs> yes. So that would literally be inducing overdose? Well, shit. <laughs> The more water you drink, the thirsty you get. You're gonna drink more water. It's about thirst. I think someone was putting salt in your water, trying to get you to overdose. Thirst is the worst, Grant. That was a funny LOL moment brought to you by Jack. <laughs> and Aquafina water. Now, now in three different flavors. Uh, Can you name all three? Mud. <laughs> uh, actually clear water, and um. Uh, the water when Jack adds salt to it. <laughs> and fish. Fish water. What is your first, like, memory of us together in the Scouts? <laughs> Me trying to get you to Christianity. Is that actually your first Yes, thing? that is. That is the first thing. Every your face, you have this look on your face. You want me to go away. Probably. Was that... Was that the first camper all? No, it was at the lock-in. At the lock-in. Where we would all play Halo 3. But we, and we played Halo because we didn't want to see real people dying. But if it was people dying in an outfit and they're super soldiers or yeah. aliens, yeah, there's no there's no blood in Halo, so we were allowed to play that. That was the only first person shooter that was allowed at our Boy Scout gaming event. Yeah, we had the, the Hill the Hill brothers. They're really cool guys, but crazy sometimes. We had he brought out call, he brought out Grand Theft Auto one time. We played that for a total of like they didn't catch it for like an hour. And then we eventually got shut down. <laughs> The lock-ins are always great. Every every February, our Boy Scout troop, um, just all night long, we just have pizza and video games. And my first memory of like us and the Scouts was my first camper all. Do you remember the sexy squirrels? Oh yeah, yeah. So during camper all, uh, 
the troops subdivide into patrols, and each patrol picks a name, they make a flag, they have a yell. And the first year I was there, was it Wilson's idea? Or was it... I think it was, like, maybe Keegan's idea? Was it... <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. One of those two, almost certainly. Yeah, we, they call themselves... Well, they didn't call themselves, but, like, one of them called themselves the bad... Called us the bad boy troop. And they tried to be rebels and Boy Scouts. <laughs> that was the, the kind of... Uh, trying to achieve... Rebels in uniform. <laughs> So that, I, that's what I have the memory of. Because I was, I was, because uh, it was my first camp out was that first camp out. So I was put in with the older boy troop. So they like show me around and stuff. And I just remember them following around the daughters of the owner for the whole weekend. We yeah. didn't get, we didn't get much done that camp all. Yeah, we ended up, ha- yeah, we didn't do anything. We got a big talk after that. We had two, then we had two, two of our people on our troop ended up kissing the girls that were, um, uh. That we were falling around, and they got in trouble for that. And, like, yeah, we Camp Brawl, they encourage you, like, you're supposed to be, be Boy Scouts. You do all these events. You have fun. Go wild. But it was, like, wild in a completely different way. And we did absolutely none of that. So we got a stern talking to... Thank God I was gone, though. I, for some reason, I couldn't go to the next meeting. So I, I missed so I missed us being forced to have our hands up in the air for about ah, yeah. 20 minutes. Hi, Mr. Luby, yeah. The, the Vietnamese torture technique. <laughs> Which, to be fair enough, it was it was way way against Boy Scout conduct, and it still get Mr. Slosher still brings it up now, even though it's been, uh, what it's been like eight years since it happened. Oh, it's hilarious. That's why he brings it up. It's hilarious, but no one's around to remember it anymore. So let's talk about something different. Grants, growing up in Bakersfield, I would say was excellent for scouting. Yeah, I say so too. Because it's two hours to the mountains, two hours to the desert, two hours to the beach. The amount of variety of campouts and stuff we got to do while in the scouts, it was phenomenal. And I don't think it can be outclassed by, like, anywhere else in the nation, honestly. Uh, probably a, a cooler environment would be a lot better, no matter where. So you do the hiking merit badge, right? You I hike do. Tw- you hike 20 miles. And while you do this, it's the, the weather in Bakersfield is insane for this, because the air is usually bad air quality. And the temperature, when I did it, it was 103 was the max temperature. So for six Wait, when, hours when walking. Did you, the, when did you go hiking? Like in Merit Badge. No, like what time of day? We left at 6 a.m. and we got done at 12 p.m. Maybe 1 p.m. Took you that long? It was the long 20 mile hike, whatever it was. Yeah. Wait, were you with. I know I did the hiking Merit Badge. It was with your father. Yeah. Were you, were you with us then? Oh, this is before, I think. You want, I, think I don't think you're at this one. This, this one was hell we went to. No, because I did. Well. When I did the hiking merit badge, um, it w- we just started hiking like along the Kern River. Mm-hmm. It was uh, me, my father, and your father. Yeah. We started at like four in the morning. We ended. It was. It wasn't. It was before noon. It was somewhere like around like eleven ish. It was like just starting to get hot. But yeah, for we us, start, it, yeah, we start really early in the morning just because of temperature. Yeah, when I did it, it was it was in the we were up in the middle of the day, still hiking in hot weather. <sighs> ah, it's dreadful. I couldn't like I wouldn't do that. I just know it's hot. That's all that matters. It's hot. Bakersfield's not a good place to do a hiking merit badge. You should have gone out of town. That's all I can say. Yeah. But I don't know. Just, uh... Good for stamina, though. I don't know. If, if I, if like, imagine our year of campouts. Like, we can go to, like, uh, like, Monterey Bay and to, like, Red Rock Canyon and to the High Sierras. Like, just the amount of variety we got was great. It's just transplant water from somewhere else. We need to have, like, <laughs> giant AC units all around Bakersfield. You get those little, like, what is it, um, a sharper image air freshener things, where the air goes dirty with one end, it comes clean out the other.
Oh, that was awkward. On to the next topic. <laughs> what do you have for us, Grant? I'm just thinking of like the not the topic from dinosaurs. Did you ever watch dinosaurs? What's dinosaurs? The television series dinosaurs. Oh, I heard about it. So the comedy show with like a mockumentary type thing. It's not, not mockumentary, but with like fate. It's like dinosaurs hosting a TV show. Pretty much, yeah. It's some not great the topic. That's some great '90s shows. The, one of the best of them all, Bakersfield PD. As that's a real thing. It's a Bakersfield police sitcom, <laughs> and it probably has a big fandom in England. So probably the English, only exposure to Bakersfield is either country music or the country fans, or it's the show Bakersfield PD. <laughs> and it begins like it, it's the one of those batshit insane interests I've seen in all to- in my whole life on television program. So what happened is this guy he's um uh, he lives in, he lives in Washington D.C. and then he finds out that um uh, his boss had been um uh, replaced on um, people's uh, sperm samples with his own and artificially inseminated their child, thinking that I was actually the father's sperm. So he gets sent to Bakersfield. Plus, he's driving down. So he's asking people directions. Like, that sounds like the start of Jaws, where it's a cop gets thrown off the force and gets sent to, like, a nowhere <laughs> town. But in this TV show, he's then sent to Bakersfield. Yeah, so it begins with, like, country music. So it's Dust Devil, some driving in. And they talk about Bakersfield, on the radio top, Bakersfield. Bakersfield, it's a nice 108 degrees. <laughs> And so the guys are looking miserable. And they get to, like, the first sign of Bakersfield. It's like, hey, I need some directions, please. This older couple, look at this one black guy. He's a black police officer. And then they, um, uh, the older couple gives a weird looking and drives away. And then he finally meets uh, the one white guy. This uh, one non-racist white guy in the show. He's, um, uh, he's on roller, he's on roller blades. Listen to music. He says, hey, listen to, he asks them, uh, for directions. But then the white guy asks him this one song about this one funk artist. Actually, for the lyrics. And then he's get explanation. And drives by is a bunch of gangbangers and lowrider trucks, and all of a sudden this man on the roller on the roller skates get a gets a pistol out, points at these guys, starts skating towards the towards these gang members, and hijacks the car's later police officer, and that turns out to be guess what his partner. So yeah, that's um uh, intro Bakersfield PD. You could be making all of this up, and I would have no ability to tell. I'm not on YouTube. Look it up yourself. It's hilarious. If this whole podcast is a jumbled mess, it's not my fault, listeners. <laughs> Blame it on Jack. Blame it on our special guest star. It's our first podcast, okay? <laughs> this is Jack's first time uh, talking to other people in like four years. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> so, Jack, you are going to college, right? Yeah. That wasn't just a lie you told your parents. Oh, I am, yeah. You see Riverside. <laughs> so what's it like going to CSU for, CSU for you? What's that like? Going to Cal Poly? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, my school's like, a, it's a technical school. So most of my classes have been uh, like hands-on, focusing more on lab than lecture. Uh-huh, yeah. So yeah. most of my professors have stopped using textbooks and have started just uh, like teaching us from what they know. Because most of our professors, especially in the higher level courses, are being hired from industry because no one gets an engineering degree to become an engineering teacher. So our school has to find people in industry who want to go into teaching. So most of our professors are just like dragged out like from industry into the teaching profession. And they prefer to teach in their own way than teach via a textbook. Yeah, school is kind of opposite. Because where you see, so our progress primarily on research. So that basically it functions like kind of like that's kind of like your school does. Because no one really does research at our school. Unless you're from, like, a research degree. Because, like, I think people go to UC because they know it's a UC. Like, UC is supposed to be the, the higher, the higher, um, uh, caliber of universities in California. 
Reality Earth School is like a 67% acceptance rate, whereas your school is like, what, like 30%? So we were at 30 the year I went in, and then the school decided we need more money because they need... So so our main administrative building uh, was built on a fault line and is sinking, so we had to build a new administrative building, and then half of our dorms were declared not up to California code, so we had to build new dorms, and our school was like, what is the fastest way to make a lot of money? We're going to accept everyone. So for one year, our acceptance rate jumped to 70%. <laughs> now it's back down to 40. But there was just one year where we let in, like, 50% of, like, the current number of students. I think my school is, like, 62. And we go between 50 and 70% to acceptance rate. Because, like, our, our school is with the diverse campus. That is our primary um, uh, incentive to go here, I guess. That's what we, what we try to promote. Which is less about academics and more about, like, trying to, you know, bring multiple people together, multiple groups to study together. In the, only thing, the only thing I know about UC Riverside is that I had a couple friends who that was the only um, school they got into because they mm-hmm. only applied to UCs and that was the only one that it would accept them. So I've got a couple friends who are going to UCR not out of choice, but because that's the only school that will let them in. Yeah, it happened to me. Yeah, I, yeah. The reason I UCR was I it was a, I made a big doo doo mistake. I was out of town for vacation, right? So we get this. One, so I, I applied to some universities on the. I got on the wait list for three. Two I was rejected from, and I accepted to UC San Diego. Great. The problem was is, so the week we got the acceptance letter, I left for Hawaii, and I was not checking my emails, and he had one week to reply to that email to get accepted to UC San Diego. So what happened was I got into my um, uh, math class for be- for baseball college, to make beauty college. He has one class to pass. So I, so I finally get this like, one class in the summer, so now I can finally graduate. Yeah, so UC San Diego, I was sent into that, I got on the wait list, and I was really, really excited. What happened was, is that um, uh, I got the letter, I, I was waitlisted in the school, and I finally got the letter in an email saying, hey, you're accepted into the school, you have one week to apply. The problem was, I left for Hawaii that very day, and I was taking off the last day you had to click accept. So I was vacationing in Hawaii, and I got into this one math class, and I needed to for baseball college, my community college for the summer, in order to finally transfer to the school. I finally got into that. I was excited on that. Did not check out my email. Wanted to join my vacation. And then I missed to go to UC San Diego. All because you just wouldn't check your email. Yep. I was out of town, though. I was, I was inconvenienced. That's, that's not an excuse. It was inconvenienced by, by vacation. You can have email on your phone. Yes, but anybody would anybody would sympathize with this. I understand. I th- it's ridiculous to give a woman to apply, but I understand on their side. I think it's ridiculous that you didn't check your email for a week. I know it's my fault. I know, but I know I checked. I did check it because I checked. I got this email from one class I wanted to pass. I did not know they were going to send me this past class to San Diego. And they're going to send me this email. That's why I missed out on that. It's my fault, but it's a bad situation I was in. That's how I look at it. So anyway, now you're going to UCR. It's not what, bad actually. What are you doing at UCR? What is your degree? I am studying history. I think I'm a history teacher in high school. Ah. Maybe a professor. I don't know. But I'm going to work, apply for the libraries. Our school, I guess the really cool thing about our school, and I'm kind of glad I went to it, is that we have the largest collection of science fiction and fantasy <laughs> in the world. Nerd. Seriously, the, the biggest private institution for this. You mean public institution. The biggest, the biggest private collection is science fiction and fantasy in the world. A lot of fan stuff. And the guy that donated some of the, a lot of the works is Fred Patton. And Fred Patton, for 90% of people in the world that do not know who Fred Patton is, he is pretty much the founder of anime fandom in the United States. He co-founded the first anime club, Cartoon Fan Organization, in 1977, and was the premier fan historian for anime and furry fandom, mind you. So, 
That's a fascinating fact. All right, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna get a job over there during um this next coming winter. This this winter quarter, because some students are graduating. I really hope to get into this, make sure in your future career working at this place. Though I'm not a library science major, though, so that might, that might screw everything up, so I'm not entirely sure. Is this just a long-winded way of saying you have no idea what you're going to do with your degree? <laughs> no, I know, I do, I do. <laughs> no, history teaching, I can get a credential. Like, let's say I go to grad school, get the credential, and do that online. That's my main thing, maybe do law. So there's two big, there's two options I have. And teaching a credential shouldn't be too hard. That's one should be pretty easy. And give me a good career. Something I want to do. Something that pays well. Benefits. I don't make, I don't make, let's say, much as like computer science major engineer. But I still make above, a little bit above the um, national average um, uh, yearly income. I get, I get a, I get vacation time. Three months off. That's, that's a big plus. Yeah. Uh, govern, um, government benefits. As my grandfather said, always work for the government. <laughs> I'll say vote Republican. So that'll be kind of like a weird, it's a weird contrast. But it's about saving money pretty much, so. <laughs> Now, becoming a teacher is a good job. The only problem is that in California, we have, I think it was too, it's, we have an overabundance of English, and I think we have, like, just enough history. So getting a job in California might be more difficult than other states. Well, what so we have right now in school, California, and the United States in general, is we have um, uh, charter schools. And they're really big in L.A., Los Angeles. My cousin works already for a charter school. He runs it over in um, Orange County. So that's some connection. Probably a charter school job. That's what I'm thinking. Because always, they're always hiring, so. Alright. I just know that in California, if you get, like, if you're attempting to become an English teacher, there are no open, like, English uh, teaching jobs in the state just because all of them have already been filled. But if you're becoming, like, a science or math teacher, there are, like, hundreds of open job positions because pretty much every, like, school district in the state needs more math and science teachers. Yeah. I know that in, for the Bakersfield City School District, where my father works... If you're trying to become a math teacher, they will pay for your credential and give you 50k a year starting, like first year teaching, right out of college if you just promise to work for them, because they're just such a debt of these kinds of teachers. Yeah, things are not good at math or science, so <laughs> that's under history degrees. It's fun, fun, interesting. I want, I want to teach kids critical thinking through this. It is very important. So I'm not going to be teacher just for the money. It's also an interest of mine, and also no, I think no, it's no. an important no thing No teachers to do. are in it for the money. They're in it for the vacation time. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the real benefit. What, what you, you're never going to make, like, 200k a year, but that fat cat who's got to work a 9 to 5 while you're getting all summer off. Yeah, Yeah, I think private schools, I think charter schools pay more, too, if I'm correct. Don't you get fewer benefits through charter schools? Isn't Ooh, that the trade-off? You probably do. Like, yeah, Yikes. you make more, but then you have to also pay for your own health insurance. I think it's equal at the end of the day, but, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. They get, they get a lot of government funding, too, though, so. But I don't know. If, next, if this administration charter schools are kind of like a big thing, you know, like the, was the education person, the head of the government education thing is really into charter schools, and if they drop, this is a drop in funding, it might go back to public. That's no problem for me, because I'm fine with public schools, too. It's not like a big issue for me. I'm just here for a job, pretty much. <laughs> Someone please, someone please hire Jack. That's all he wants. Yes. So what are we going to do with the computer science or computer degree grant? Yeah, computer engineering. So my degree, it's the programming side of computer science and then the circuitry side of electrical engineering. Hmm. I don't like circuits. I find them very hard and I don't <laughs> like dealing with them. So I will, like with my degree, I hope to never touch hardware. <laughs> <Just 'cause it's... laughs> with an engineering degree, never touch hardware. It's a, <laughs> engineering is a hardware degree. No matter what type of engineering you do. <laughs> like, I know how to do it. It makes sense. 
But it's hard. Well, I, I like Sir Gets. Maybe, maybe we could team up. I'm going to take part of your job and take the letter half. Speaking of teaming up, Guillermo got a computer science degree. I've been meaning to contact him about what he's been wow. doing. He's been looking for a job. He was looking for a job last time I spoke to him. I just haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I thought he had a computer degree. But the problem was, I don't like math. So I didn't want to have to... Out, programming is kind of interesting, but I don't want to, I don't want to like write code all day. But then, so recently I heard about what's it CE degree not not computer engineering civil it's, engineering no it's a, engineering it's computer degree without with not much programming what computer degree has very little programming that's not it's they t- they're talking about it Guillermo mentioned it too it's some um, uh doing one of the Boy Scout things I'm telling you sure it's kind of like advanced IT almost <laughs> advanced IT yeah instead of, <laughs> instead of getting a certification you get a degree you don't need a degree to become an IT person yeah. New certification, like one of your many followers on this podcast. Know what we're talking about? No, yeah. understand what I'm saying. <laughs> one of the hundreds of listeners currently listening to this podcast will definitely know the obscure degree Jack's talking about. That's probably offered at BC for some reason. With me, we're going big. This podcast is going to go somewhere. <laughs> See, I know Daniel got a he like I asked him like what he was doing. He said he said I'm getting an engineering degree. I was like, any more specific than that? He said, No, I'm getting a general engineering degree. And I've got no idea what that means. That's more physical stuff. It's more like engineering, yeah, like in... It could be. I've got no idea what that means. That's a good point. Well, <laughs> I assume it's general engineering. It's just a general... But what, what is that? It, like, general means... It's just general. It's just, it encompasses multiple things under one degree. So, engineering, like physical engineering, computer engineering, uh, mechanic, uh, mechanical engineering, I mean, not physical. Mechanical engineering, computer engineering, all that. But there's, like, there's so many kinds of engineering. So, like... My school, that we have a college of engineering, and within there's the civil department, the chemical department, the electrical and, and computer department. There's there's a lot of stuff, and he's never like the times I've asked him about. It, he's never explained to me what he <laughs> means by general. <laughs> so I've got no idea what that means. It's just it's a degree he got, and I'm really interested to know where he's working now. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up with most of the guys from the scouts. It's been too long. So you were head of the anime club for several years back in high school. Are you continuing that trend even no. now? No. I'm, I am a treasurer for the com- Underground Comic Society. Come to read in Comics, Inc. I really was not going to be interested in um, uh, taking up any club rules. to do some things in BC. I was not going to take up any other club rules over East Riverside. But I'm now the treasurer of the comic book club or else I was going to die. So... <laughs> Are there only three members of the comic book club? Uh, there are. Okay, so excluding the officers and the uh, and the person's coming up to be an officer, there were three people showing up to our meetings. <laughs> yeah, and they were. If you count the officers and one who's going to become an officer this year, we had a total of um uh, five or six. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones we have right now. Once you had seven, my friend is <laughs> my friend is now my friend is now leaving the school. He's graduating this this winter. And we had, like, originally a lot of us, we were not, like, me and some, and three other people that were, um, now leaders, we're not leaders of the club. These are the old, the old officers that were the leaders of the club graduated. They all graduated, because as one of those clubs, where everybody graduates, because they're all around the same age. Yeah, that's generally how clubs based around friends work. Yeah, so now we have, yeah, so now we're, we have seven people in the club, counting the officers, whereas we used to have, like, 14 originally. So the only club you're a part of is this comic books club? Oh, I'm in five clubs. <laughs> I'm in the comic book. That's the only one I'm involved in with um, leadership. I'm in the Greenwood Anime Society. Of course you are. The DJ of course vi- you are. Yeah, the DJs and Vinyl Files. The um, uh, the Starving Artists Club. Uh, the Cosplay Brigade. And um, uh, 
I was going to the breakdancing club and I go. I'm going to that breakdancing. Yeah, I was going to join the. Um, <laughs> I was going to. I was. Hey, hey, we have a team, the Elder Side. I mean, sorry, B Boy Club. You know, use the term breakdancing. That that's sin, and um, uh, for good reason. And um, so yeah, we um, uh, I'm going to join the fencing club again. Just defense back in <laughs> back in high school. Fencing as in the sword fighting thing, not building defenses. So I joined them again. Brought my brought my sword and all that. So might get back into that. And be dancing club too. Might get back to that also. I cannot remember a single time when you have ever break danced, Jack. I start. I've been practicing since elementary school. Actually, I start dancing around you because <laughs> this is really a situation where I dance where I would have to dance around one of you. <laughs> you know, if you ever well, if you ever danced around me, then we just make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of clubs. Yes, yeah, classes just not taking up enough of your time. No, they don't. Well, they're all. They're, they're, all, they're all, it's, all these things are at night, so it's like I've. What, I have a class in the day, I think at night, weekends I have nothing going on. Oh, I'm also in the Osu Club, the Osu Riverside, which is practically the Rhythm Game Club, which I want to join, like, I want to join a Rhythm Game Club, because I saw some videos about DDR clubs, like, back in the 2000s. They used to have DDR clubs, that's kind of died out. So now I joined the Osu Club, which is the only Rhythm, only Rhythm Game Club on school. I've also joined the, the our gaming club Discord, but I cannot go to the meetings, the same time as my anime club meetings. And I've been anime club longer than I have been interested in the um, gaming club, so. I am the precise opposite to you. I avoid most clubs at my school just because I don't want to interact with other people. Yeah, I try, I try to interact because I, I was trying to, you know, the idea was I go to college and become more socially active. That was kind of the purpose. Boy Scouts wasn't scratching that itch back in high school. Well, I did. So I, got, I used to <laughs> hang out with boy, friends of Boy Scouts and no one else otherwise. So now I do clubs. It's basically the same thing. I hang out with people in clubs. Sometimes they'll buy, they'll do something together outside of clubs. And that's about it. Like I don't really hang with people in my free time. I just go to the computer lab and do my homework, hmm. or goof off on my on games, of course. So what video games do you play besides DDR? Uh, Crunker.io. It's an IO game. Uh, it's a browser HTML5 FPS game. It's actually really fun. Hmm. It's also the best FPS I've played. My opinion is I like, I like old school deathmatch style games. So like I prefer it to like do that deathmatch aspect. I prefer it to um uh, I prefer it to create champions. I prefer it to CS:GO. I prefer it to Rainbow Six Siege. And then yeah, there's there's one other game I like. It's called um uh, it's a free FPS game called Black Squad. I, I highly recommend it. Really fun, not too fast, not too slow. Military themed. It's a really good one. I also downloaded Battlefield Two recently. So this is now, it's been revived. There's an active community for that. So basically, I play free games. <laughs> I have specific taste in regards to FPS. Lately, I've been enjoying, I'm dead serious, I've been enjoying Roblox Battle Royale. It's called Alone Battle Royale. It's a pretty good game. I play it mostly because Battle Royale games take too much space on my computer. And this one's like, what, it's Roblox. So I just have like a 12, ge- 12 megabyte download. I'm able to click on it on the browser and play it. But I also like to get into, um, uh, like, called Rings of Elysium, but now someone found out it can access your internal files somehow, and it's run by a Chinese company, I think Tencent, so it's kind of iffy. It's a good game, though, it's kind of sad. It's probably the best of the free Battle Royale games. If you want a more straight Battle Royale experience, uh, like if you're not looking for something like um, uh, like Cuisine Royale, where you have classes and special powers, if you want just like a standard like PUBG type, I recommend uh, Rings of Elysium. Though it does take up your um, uh, though it does take your personal data possibly, it doesn't matter to me because I'm on the school computer. So, so I'm using the school computer and playing it on there. So, and I, I like to play Tetris too. I've played that a while though, but I like Tetris Online Poland. What it is it's a it's a Polish guy made um uh, 
a non-Japan-only version of um, a Tetris Online Japan. As an international community, it's a pretty big community. It's a good free Tetris game. Play a lot of games actually. This probably getting really boring, so let's stop with, it. with me naming all the games I play. Is it going forever? I don't know. I assumed your games would all have like a central theme, and you seem to dislike free low poly shooters. That seems to be <laughs> your. That seems to be your niche. I've been searching, trying to find a good one for a long, long time. I found Black Switch, which is a great game. The problem is, is Quick Black... Champions not enough for you. What's wrong with Quick Champions? Uh, I don't know. It's not. As... I like more military style. I don't really like the fantasy weapon thing. It the ge- it takes up a lot of space. It's not the fastest game. <laughs> like, it takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Well, it does. Yeah, it's 60 gigabyte download. Whereas it's I usually download smaller gigabytes. games. Yeah, it is now. Quick Champions. Yeah, it's some. Uh, it's really gotten bigger. But also, it's pra- it's practically a dead game too. Like it took me like five minutes to find a room. Mm-hmm. I'm just miserable now. So Crunker, it's a, it's almost immediate. It's faster game, more military style. I also recommend Crunker. It's really a fun game. So what do you think about the rain right now? It's kind of nice living in a less rainy area with a lot of rain. Like, hearing at one point at a time. And it's quite nice. Very calming. It's better than the constant heat and hot sun. No, the rain... The rain was almost incredibly annoying. So, we're in Bakersfield right now. Sam should have been here. He's a few blocks away. But he's currently procrastinating on his essay. <laughs> this is now the boy is back in town with the special guest boy. So, now that a boy is back in town, another boy is mysteriously absent. So, I was driving back to Bakersfield Wednesday. It was supposed to be night, but I decided to skip my last class because I didn't want to drive at night, because, obviously. So, I was driving, like, back Wednesday midday, and it had been pouring down rain, like, all day. Like, but as soon as I started, it just cleared beautifully. And as soon as the rain cleared, all the traffic cleared... Which, weird, weird how that happens. It's not like people don't know how to fucking drive in the rain. God. There were three accidents on the 210 oh, yeah. while I was driving in. People are just stupid. Yeah, think about that. It's like, if you're from a non-rainy area, if it's insane when it rains, how everybody drives. Like, one time I was driving from the rain, and one guy um, was accelerating on a corner, going up onto a road, onto one of the um, uh, turn-ins. His car span out. And the best thing I ever saw was, I was driving in the, on the freeway. You know that they have like a 20-foot bank on the side of the freeway? Right? It's like 20 feet. Well, it's like, well, over downtown, it's more like that. Is it? It's like 20 feet up, and there was a car halfway up on it. <laughs> I, and it didn't look like it was torn up or anything. It was like it just drove up onto the side. God, it was the strangest thing. It was amazing. <laughs> driving is nice when there's no one else on the road. I, I got to find driving fun and relaxing when I am like, just alone. As soon as there are other people, it's awful. Because people are stupid. In order to not sit arrogant, I have one, like, story of me messing up in the rain. Because <laughs> in my car, at Acura Integra, a very lightweight, kind of sporty car. And I was, this one turn I usually take near, um, uh, my, mom's, near my mom's school, which not, and it's a large turn. So I decided to, so I usually go signs a bit fast on it. So I just say, hey, I'm going to go fast on this turn, too, like, right now, too terrible idea it was rain it was really it was really strong rain too i don't consciously think about going fast and just end up going fast without thinking about it so i take it this turn and all of a sudden my car lifts up in the air like <laughs> oh, a, no. a, a, then all of a sudden I, I, this, my car starts sliding it's like it's it's like sliding diagonally it's like it's going forward but staying at the same position it was in on the turn so i was like floating over i was like oh shit shit my body just let go of the wheel and put the it put the wheel back in place and my body's like, it got in this weird state of mind. I don't know exactly what it was. So I think it goes back to normal. It slides about 10 feet all the way to the end of the road. And there's a curb. I don't even hit the, I don't hit the curb though. My car starts slowing down more and more. 
and lands back on the ground. I hit the accelerator like you should do after your hydroplane and you're back on the ground. Hit it lightly and I go. And so for the next five minutes, I spent my time laughing uh, from the adrenaline of saving myself after this incident. And it was the most amazing experiences I've had driving. <laughs> don't, don't be stupid in the rain. Just don't do it. Yeah, don't. From experience, I can say no. Don't. Might be fun, though, so do it sometimes. <laughs> I like the rain. Like uh, driving in the rain. Initially, no, like, driving in the rain is bad. Initially, even me like it. Because <laughs> I like, enjoy the rain on the mountain hills. So I like driving the mist. I like the, listening to some good music. Okay, driving the mist is okay. I listen, like, rain is not. I just like some good trip hop on there. Like, you know, like Portishead, uh, Runaway UK. That's a good music. Theory Corporation. Rain is only good when you're acid inside jazz. looking out at it. Like acid jazz, trip hop, lo-fi hip hop. It's good. I like being outside. I like to smell the rain too. I don't like being in the rain. I don't like getting. Oh, I hate, I hate being in the rain. Yeah. So yeah, rain is only good when you're not in it. I like the umbrella. It's not. I do walk though in the rain with an umbrella. That's nice. But it's not too rainy. So Sam is currently procrastinating on his assignments that are due on Monday. Jack, do you have anything due this coming Monday? Uh no, I have I have a final on Friday, and I have a paper due Thursday. Okay. It's eight page paper, eight minimum eight pages. I'm gonna do it. On... Long, yeah. Well, in history, that's not long. Uh, it's, short, it's long for me because I'm an engineer and I don't know how to read. Yeah, an average paper in history class is about 10 and 12 pages. Oof. I did what my essays I got six and a seventh page started, not even halfway through. And I know this is going to do in this class, but it's going to be interesting. The, the essay I'm doing next on Julius Caesar and this idea of failure of Roman democracy, a Roman republicanism. Being inevitable due to the Roman myth of kind of like mas maiorum, which is like the idea of leaders wanting to pass on their legacies. Like how, how that kind of ruined the de- ruined the Republic during Caesar's time would have led, led to the demise and the establishment of the Empire. We have a centralized emperor instead of um uh, instead of like a multi-politician government. That's interesting. Yeah. I know like like dictatorships in the Republic wasn't a was like a was a political position that you were like elected into. That part, and yeah. then every dictator before Caesar willingly gave up absolute power, and at some point someone wasn't going to give it up. Yeah. So yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Thanks for thanks for reading that, by the way. I forgot, I forgot he kept the dictator role until he was assassinated by Octavian. No, A to Brute. Oh, okay, never mind. Octavian planned it though. Octav- Octavius was the first leader of the Roman Empire. Yeah, that's ages ago. Oopsies. I'm going to drop out now. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> now, I think history's interesting, but I, I would never want to major in it. It's just, it's not what I like to do. Yeah. You know, it's big money. I just don't want to, like, <laughs> I don't want to teach. I don't want to, like, study books for a living. I want to do something with computers. Yeah, I like computers, but I can't take the math side of it. I just can't. Hmm. Or the idea of being a monkey, just, like, typing away, doesn't, press, doesn't interest me at all. Is that your excuse of why you never learned how to program in any language? <laughs> well, I used to, I, no, back in, back in elementary school, or middle school, you, uh, if, you, you if, you, if you say the word scratch, I'm going to laugh at you. I would have some scratch, but <laughs> I originally learned, I originally learned how to write in basic. So from, from elementary school, middle school, if you count summer school, I was going to took it during regular, during the school, during the school year. I took five times to computer science. I took a computer programming class <laughs> for an elective with Mr. Whitmore, really good guy. We learned how to write in basic originally, and later started working in basic and scratch. I kind of, I, I, I admittedly liked working in um, uh, basic a lot more. I thought coding was a lot more fun. 
but at the same time was I used to get a lot more help from my teacher on my um, uh, basic than I would on my scratch. Originally used old Mac laptops. Literally moved on to um uh, to a Windows laptop that had um uh, Linux that had Ubuntu installed on it. It's my first Linux experience. Like I, we couldn't listen to the YouTube, so I used foreshared.com, which is like a file sharing site used mostly in South America. Hmm. I used to listen to music on that. I used to look it up. And that's how I got my music fix. I've used a bit of Linux, but I find it to be too much effort for what it gives me. Yeah. I, I personally like Mac. I personally like oh, Mac better. I like using Mac hard. OS. I do. Yeah. It's definitely friendlier. Mac is definitely friendlier. The amount of programs that are able to be run by Windows is significantly higher than those can be yeah. run by Mac. And that's why I use Windows just because of the stuff I need to use works better with Windows than it does with Mac. It's funny, there's a person in my object-oriented programming class who, he, he only has a Mac, so when he submits his projects, he uses this, like, uh, like the C-sharp compiler.com, and he copy-pastes his code into there, so nice. he doesn't, because he can't uh, download Visual Studio, because Microsoft doesn't work with uh, Mac systems. <laughs> yeah, vice versa. But you can get Wine. That works to some degree. Most people I know who have Mac laptops just download Windows for their Mac. Yeah, so that feels like it's just too much effort. I'd rather just have a Windows machine. Yeah, and I know Wine is usually used for um uh, the most common version of Wine is used for Windows applications on um uh, on Linux. I think now Wine is out, is used to run um uh, there's a version of it now that runs uh, Windows programs on Mac. Hmm. So it's not the reverse. Like I really like GarageBand, but GarageBand does not exist. Let's say when it, to run a Mac application on Windows, you can't. If you install a Mac OS on a virtual machine, you can do it that way. That's always the solution if you have the wrong machine is to just download the OS on a virtual machine. But if I want to like do my coding homework, I don't want to have to open a virtual machine to do it. I just yeah. want to do it on my computer. It's it's, it's, it's an ease of use thing. Yeah, I don't install this image too on my thing either. It's too, it's too much just too much memory for this image. What does GarageBand do that's like unique? What's oh, it's just easy to use. It has built-in synthesizer options. Hmm. Instead All of right. having to like download a virtual sound instrument, you can do it automatically on there. There's a lot of instruments already packed in it. It's pretty useful. All right. For um, amateur, not professional, but amateur production. Make your own music to break dance to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so music. Yeah. How do you listen to music? What do you mostly listen to? I've been listening to significantly less now. Um, the times when I listen to music, when I would listen to music, would be when I'm driving or when I'm walking to and from class. And I've pretty much replaced all of that with podcasts and audiobooks. Um, the only other... Wow. Oh, big brain. The only other time I'd really listen to music would be when I'm playing video games, and then it's a split of, depending on what kind of game I'm playing, whether or not I still listen to music, or if I switch to podcasts and audiobooks. So for a simple game that requires very little of my attention, something like Euro Truck Simulator or Minecraft, I just listen to like audiobooks or podcasts while playing those. But if I'm playing a game that takes more of my attention away, then I'm... Uh, I play a lot of grand strategies, stuff like Crusader Kings and Europa Universalis. Those games I prefer just to have normal, just like music in the background, rather than a podcast that I also have to divert my attention to. And then music that I listen to a lot recently, I listen to a lot of soul and jazz. So my father had a box full of CDs that he told me to put onto his iPad. So I put them onto the computer and I uh, download a bunch of them to my phone. And I like quite a lot of them. I like uh, like 1950s style jazz. It it's, usually, it's interesting. I usually listen to music on my phone, usually through my Google Play app, my Google Music app. 
that comes on every phone default. It's just the default player, so why not? And usually I use I use YouTube mostly. I just use a list of variety of music. Most of the chart music, of course, like I always have listened to. But variety, also like 80s, like world music. Like some... Such a stupid classification. Yeah, I'm starting to like more disco. Like world music, just, world music, in case you don't know, it's just it just classifies all forms of music that are not Western. Yeah, it's a Western completely influence. worthless classification that tells you nothing about the type of music. Yeah. Well, I think it does, because like, I like the idea of... I listen to it because I like listening to music from other countries, like the imagery in my head. So kind of like I just the general theme of being a variety of um uh, na- international styles. That's why I use the term more music. But I digress. And yeah, I listen because it because if you listen to like I don't know like something like Italian rap and then like I don't know like Islamic hymns would both be classified as world even though they're not at all the same type of music. Yeah. Well, world music would be more like let's say um Islamic hymns, Italian folk music, like Italian rap. It's more westernized music produced with a western sound. In Italian. That's still classified what? as world by iTunes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's inaccurate according to iTunes. World music traditionally usually means international styles that are not westernized. Like, for example, like, let's say, like, even non-western, even Western music would count as world music, like, Western folk music, like, Swedish folk music, Finnish folk music, English folk music. It's, it's an unhelpful classification. Yeah. Well, it's helpful for me because it, it has me explain how, it has me explain that I like, music from different countries. Yeah, you like could just say, I like music from different countries. I like world music. What does yeah, that mean? It's easier to say. It's only two words instead of a five. <laughs> those, those syllables are very important to you, Jack. You have to save every single one. I, I like classifying music. I'm obsessed with that type of stuff, so that's the reason why. You like classifying, so you choose the worst classification possible? Well, no, because like there's a certain scene or certain feeling you have with some world music compared to listening to, like, sounds of Western Like You get different sounds, more unique. Uh, more like... When I say westernized, I mean like more general westernized, like more like pop, rock, more of like a general westernized music. You're never going to convince me that world music is a useful classification. Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, so let's get to explanation of my music. Yeah, like when I play video games, I listen to certain forms of world music, like um, uh, like Yugoslav war songs, Russian revolutionary music, a general thing that seems like war-ish, like bands like Sabaton, maybe some music that just... Sabaton is not world music, that's metal music. Okay. Like that, or like songs that just play songs like Middle Eastern music that that seem more war based, just because <laughs> that's what we're constantly in in the United States in regards to our government and international you're, conflicts. You're so big into war. Yeah, well, it's for war games. That's the reason why. Like for, for I do usually listen to music. Like for other games, I listen listen to music in those. So you music. listen to music that's tailored to the game. Yeah, not to, yeah, somewhat seen with the game I'm playing. I like the music to capture the rhythm of playing it. Like, Tetris are for faster music, a bit more electronic. Like, um, uh, music games, that's the regular music they have, because, you know, some musical stuff like that. I suppose it's because they're playing mostly FPS games, that's why. I just like shooters in general. Like, on space shooters, I like, listen to their own music, because they usually have really good, like, you know, melodic, really fun music, like Toho, that type of thing. Raiden. And the quick thing is, any game doesn't have music, I listen to music on, pretty much. What games don't have music? FPS games, usually. When you're in a okay. match, you don't listen to any music. You turn the music down, so you get stereo sounds. There's no music in the background. The music on that. So that's why I listen to music mostly when play video games. It's mostly war based. It's because like with games like FPS, there's no soundtrack, so it helps fill the time. What bands do you normally listen to? Uh, not really bands. I listen to music on YouTube. Just go on and <laughs> all right. I just find a song I like. I like it on YouTube, and I put it in my then I listen to my liked songs. All right. Well, it's mostly genres. Like I like genres of music. Like I like house music, high energy. Kind of old Switchtronic disco music. I like um uh, techno, breakbeats, 
trance music, like some experimental stuff. Haven't those in a while though. Like oh, drum and bass, especially I like drum and bass, the old school stuff, the jungleish. Yeah, these are pretty much very music nerd terms. I don't understand. <laughs> I've got no idea what he's on about. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're like me and lost, um, go on Wikipedia, or, or don't listen to normal music. I like jazz. I like good jazz though. Like I like Sun Ra. I like Miles Davis. What kind of jazz do you like? Like big band jazz, New Orleans jazz. I like more like more like the sixties, fifties, sixties, more like um uh, rhythmish, experimental type. Mm. All right. I like kind of the giant step. Giant steps type stuff where it goes like dun 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 dun, like the, the <laughs> like the chords, those big chords like the strong the strong fast rhythms. Playing Buddy Rich like that, it's a good drummer. Sun Ra. If you don't like jazz, like more experimental music, electronic music or whatnot, highly recommend Sun Ra. Very experimental, very fun to listen to. It's more experimental like like random notes. It's not free form. It's more avant garde and fun. Uh, fractal jazz. I enjoy Count Basie a lot. Uh, his album Corner Pocket I think is the best. Uh, the New York Hardbop Quintet is quite good jazz. Sam Cooke is very good. Oh, Cab Calloway. I'm a oh, big fan of Cab Calloway. Funny, me for man. Me for man. Oh, Bud Powell. Bud Powell's very good. Remember for the big band music? Because like my, my grandpa grew up around that type of stuff. So I, mm. I say, whenever I hear it, it reminds me of my grandpa's house. So it's on low volume. <laughs> and I never like being at my grandpa's, grandpa Saba's house. It's a very interesting man. A bit peculiar sometimes. Yes, it doesn't, doesn't give me like the really good feeling. Like it's so nostalgia though, at least. I do also just enjoy um, like metal music, but I prefer oh, yeah. the kind of metal that I can actually understand the lyrics to. So I like Sabaton a lot. And I like Falconer. Uh, Falconer's just very similar to Sabaton. I like Tool. Tool's good. Yes. And then the I think it's the lead singer from Tool has a band, A Perfect Circle. I like that one quite a bit as well. Um, let's see. The thing I've listened to most recently that I found is it's a blues rock band called Mississippi Bones. Uh, they're just a bunch of nerds from Ohio who uh, do songs about silly things. So I recommend their song Dungeon Hustle, which is just about them playing D&D. But it's a <laughs> blues rock song. I think they have similar taste to in metal. I like Tool. I like Raising Against the Machine. Yeah. I like some more tight stuff. I immediately like some new metal. Like, I like Lum Biscuit. I also like the chunky sound, the darn, darn the aggressive. Like, you know, the chunky sound with the strong rhythms. I like the stuff where you can't understand what they're saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like the more, yeah. Well, I like, I like more aggressive, more um, uh, rhythm, more strong rhythmic metal. Hmm. Okay. Of course, I like melodic metal, though, like power metal. So that include, like, Dragon Force, Sabaton. So I favorite types of metal. I like old speed metal. Like, I like, um, uh, you can understand these vocals. Like, I like Racer X, a really good one. I like First Wave Black Metal. I like Celtic Frost, probably my favorite. Alright. Music. It's good. Listen. I like chiptune music. That's pretty cool. Like old video game music. Uh, eight, I love 8-bit edits of like other songs. I find those really interesting. Cringe. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? 8-bit pop song covers? Not, I'm not like pop songs. Oh, okay. I just like I like 8-bit versions of just like normal songs. Yeah. yeah I, I like original compositions. I like the more melodic stuff. Like, no, there's nothing better than the Sid C64 music, which I love the lair. I love the layering of the sounds, the way it sounds. It's such a good, such a great audio chip in regards to the way it's, the sounds it can produce. Makes no sense. <laughs> you can't vocalize something that's multi-layered. Probably the only person I know who has a preference on not just chip tunes on the uh, specific chip that has to be used. Yes, and uh, there's fans. There's as our fans, you know, it's like a. It's like listening to rock music, right? Some people like a heavily destroyed guitar. Some people like a more clean guitar, you know? That's what it sounds to you, you know? Yeah, so it's like my Cosplay Club thing. We have our last... <laughs> we have our, um, uh, we have our potluck. The problem is the potluck is the day before my final. So that sucks. 
What have you cosplayed as, Jack? Do you have any images I can put in the description of this video? Uh, no. Or... I've played um, uh, I've cosplayed as... First one is Kaneda from Akira. That was back in middle school. That was kind of embarrassing because I slipped and fell on my ass. And I had a scare where I thought I fractured my spine again. Again? It was, it was later fine, yeah. Last one I did was... It was a it was a ghetto, quickly made cosplay. It was of one of the guys from Durarara. I can't remember his name. Kidoshi's last name. Oh, I love humans. That, that guy. I've done the um uh, the main character from High School of the Dead. I can't remember his name. I did my favorite one though was I did um uh, I did Weeboo Jones on the Filthy Frank videos. And it was kind of like a troll. It was a troll thing I made for our local anime convention back anime, and I made that um uh, I made it the night before. Well, I started working on it before then, but I finished it the night before. And it was made using a white T-shirt, blue plastic tablecloth. Since my, the blue napkin that I use more like fabric broke. So I made you have to make a Japanese schoolgirl top, and then for the gla for my sunglasses, I um uh, I got a piece of white computer paper taped it to the side of my black spray bands so it looked like they're white on the side, and actually from a distance it worked out pretty well. Then I got the Naruto eyes with the the eyes with like the um uh, I managed to find the exact ones the eyes with um uh, the the shuriken in them. I taped that onto my glasses. Sharingan. Yeah, so then I then I got my um uh, I didn't have the white with red stripe um uh sweatpants on but i did have a uh, gray sweatpants so i wore those then it supposed to be my gut i put like uh, i rolled up some tissues i put up some napkins and put it in my pants It'd be like the gut and i walked up went yes i did the whole skit i walked up and just did like the rasengan and the um uh kumejetsu and the first time i ever did like is i was i originally was not didn't know i was going to do a skit but i kind of did anyway because you had kind of had to so did my skit. is massive fun. I made a bunch of kids laugh. I got two um, uh, people to ask for a photo. Two guys. That was pretty cool. Then I ran around the stage. I ran. I did like the crab thing. I like, the um, I put my hands in my um, uh, on the pant legs, and I kind of like did this this weird run thing to um, uh, from the um, uh, stage I jumped off of to the end of the to the end of the room. And yeah, that's my cosplays. Too kawaii to live. Too sugoi to die.